Let's travel together. There's a Trav Market Media Network podcast for your commute, dog walk, or dinner prep time. Find more at travmarketmedia.com. Hi, it's Megan, host of Travel Radio Podcast, a proud member of the Trav Market Media Podcast Network. Would you take a moment now to like, subscribe, and review the podcast? You can also reach me at info at travelradiopodcast.com, or you could reach the network at travmarketmedia.com. Travel professional or aspiring professional traveler, I'm so thankful you tuned in. Now, let's dig into where our ears will travel today. Hi, I'm Megan Chapa, and this is a video edition of Travel Radio Podcast. And today we are going to talk about another destination in Africa, but specifically how this adventure came to be. And to introduce it, I'd like to welcome a new guest to the program. Would you please, well, first off, welcome. And would you please introduce yourself, Priscilla Holmes? Hi, um, my name is Priscilla Holmes, and I'm owner and operator of Scylla Travel, and I'm an experiential or cultural immersion type travel agency, and I'm based in the Charleston, South Carolina area, and I help you live the dream. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and um, we have some, some things in common in our background. Are we permitted to talk about that or no? I forgot what it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could keep it high level. There's just so many things. I'm like, wait, wait. What is that she's talking about? Priscilla is a long-serving, fantastic service of our Navy. So thank you for your service. And thank you. Thank you. I, was, I actually was in the Army. Are you working for the Navy now? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Because I thought that I had it. And then you wrote me recently about the Navy, so I thought it was the Navy. Okay. Well, thank you for I your service. Care. Regardless but. of where you're <laughs> at at the moment, we appreciate it. So, yeah. So then um, let's, let's move past <laughs> my super awkward <laughs> gaffe. It seems to be a talent of mine. And then my guests forgive me and we can move on. So let's get there. <laughs> Let's talk about where people can find you online, and I'm going to go ahead and move to your beautiful website. Thank you so much. There we are. All right. So um, this is Scyllatravel.com. And Priscilla, why don't we move into some of our first questions, and that being, you know, well, would you like to tell us where we're going today? Okay, we are going to West Africa. I have not done a Western Africa episode before, and I lived in Eastern Africa, so I've, I've got that kind of under my belt a little bit. But Western Africa, I don't know really anything about, just through researching your trip that you've you know exposed me to, which I'm excited about. But um, this is kind of a unique and personal experience to you, and I'd like to hear, if you don't mind how this came about like this was not yeah go ahead it's exciting yeah so when you say that uh you are not you don't know much about uh well join the club 
I didn't know <laughs> West Africa either. So this was sort of a um, journey that I started many, many years ago as a child watching National Geographic specials on TV, you know, watching the Fantasy Island. I, I'm dating myself if I tell you what that, if anybody knows what that show <laughs> is, then, you know. Please tell <laughs> yeah. me. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> we can look it up later. Fantasy Island. And um, my, my all-time favorite movie is like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love that series with Indiana Jones. I know uh, all those by heart, so, yeah. I wanted and to be an archaeologist when I was a child. Hey, you are you could do a second career, right? Yeah. You could do that. I don't know if the old uh, body can take that kind of... Um... <laughs> There's an episode, I don't know if you've heard it, with the, the guy Nigel Hetherington who did the Egypt episode with me. He wrote yeah. the um, the heritage plan for the preservation plan for the UNESCO site Valley of the Kings. That's his yeah. second career. He was an accountant, wow. and he was quite successful with that. And then he was like, "I'm just bored to tears." And he went on holiday to because that's what the Brits say they go on holiday to Egypt. And all of his buddies bailed, and he went. He said, "I'm going by myself." So he went, and then he ended up going back to school to get a master's in archaeology. And his mom makes fun of him that he got stuck in the A's when deciding on majors. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, he, he, well, hey, you work in your passion, then you got it. But, you know, I think you found your passion here, and, and I want to get into that. So how did this, you know, what is the journey behind this Heritage Ghana tour you're planning for 2022? Well, like I said, it started as a child, and I was always inquisitive. My mom used to, I would always ask her, why is the sky blue? Why is the sun yellow? And she would just, just because. Because what, Mom? So um, uh, my mom is from the South. I live in the South now, but I was born and raised in New York. And my dad is from the Philadelphia area. So we would spend our summers down here with our grandparents. <laughs> We spent the summers here with our grandparents, and they had a farm. And um, I was just fascinated with having family because we lived in New York, and our family lived either in the South or they lived in Pennsylvania. So whenever we visited family, you know, it just felt because we weren't raised around like family or ch especially children our age. So I always wanted to know about who the cousins were, who my mom's brothers and sisters were, and all of these cousins I had when I came down here. And who were they related to? And then my grandmother, she was like, and she could tell you who was related to who. So I always knew all these people that I came in contact with, that's your cousin, that's your cousin, that's your cousin, that's your cousin, because she could tell us, you know, well, the story of who was related to who, and she used to tell us her stories um, of when she was growing up, and, um, and we have a matriarch in the family, and her name was Easter Roberts, oh. and that was my great, great grandmother. Now, I never met her. But she was born. She was alive when I was born, and um, but she was born a slave. So we have this picture of her, right? This picture of her, and um, I always wanted to know, okay, who was Grandma Easter's parents? And then my grandmother was like, she didn't have parents, and I'm like, what do you mean she didn't have parents, Grandma? That's like not possible. 
And um, she was just trying to dodge the slavery um, topic. And then my mom explained what happened. So This is incredible to me. Mm-hmm. So evidently she came to the area, um, Walterboro area in South Carolina um, as a child. She was seven years old and I guess she was separated or taken from her parents. You know, she uh, might have been sold or something. You're working on it. Oh, don't cry. Uh, no, I just, I hate it. Keep going. So she never knew who her parents were and, um, but she had, has this huge family. Now all of her descendants is huge. Like we don't even know who all the, the cousins, the children are anymore, but mm-hmm. those of us who are alive, you know, like we try to keep in touch with each other on Facebook. Sure. So I have a one cousin who's a like the historian for the family, and she is always um, she created a website and she started on ancestry dot com collecting information about our um, family members. And because now all the older people, they're all deceased now. So she's collecting all of this information. And then my sister on the other on the other side. So I have a sister and she was also interested, but she was always researching my father's side of the family. So Uh I got an Ancestry.com account just so I could share information. And when and I had my daughter do one of those tests as well. So after we did it, I'm like, hmm, regions here okay, I see a whole lot of people we're related to because, you know, you're trying to find relatives that you don't know and um, just to see if there's any relatives maybe that your parents had that, um, you know, you don't think, you know, you don't know about, you know, you hear these stories about having relations and they do a DNA test and they find yeah. out that they're related. So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen, right? It happened apparently oh, I- to my family. My sister is telling me some stories that, Somebody had another family somewhere. I'm like, that's not true. She's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> so you, you that find, but what I found instead was they did the regions of where in Africa where our people came from, basically, but in a broad category because obviously you're using DNA and they're comparing it to the people who live there now. They're mm-hmm. not comparing to people who lived there then because they're not here anymore. So, mm-hmm. and then they take history and they sort of come up with these timelines of these large groups of people migrated. Mm-hmm. They were here, they, they were in East Africa, then they went to Central Africa and West Africa, then down to the South. These grand, you know, these broad categories of people like Congo people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's kind of broad. It's not really helping me. So I used to go on the internet and try to look for people who had my facial features because yeah. I knew as an adult, I knew people from in my community from Nigeria. And I'm like, mm, I don't look like you, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, I want to know who, and it just meeting people from Africa. I'm like, I want to know where I came from. Cause I'm so curious about sure. that. And, and I'm sure I asked them some really creepy questions. Um, Cause I'm like <laughs> asking questions like, Okay, well, what kind of food do you eat? And, and one lady, she's like, chicken, fish, <laughs> <laughs> beef. Okay, so I'm like, just don't be offended. I just, we really don't have a, a consciousness of our forefathers in mm-hmm. Africa. So what people don't realize, it's been 400 years from the time that the first enslaved 
African person came to the U.S. So it's been 400 years that we've been separated from the motherland. So those ties have been broken. We've moved around, you know, people, they just, you know, were separated, you know, they, so now we have a new culture. (laughs) And the the shameful treatment of people, there was no need or care to keep record. No, the sad part about it is that it's like they were um, really treated like livestock, to be quite honest. You can go back to the ship records if you can. Only there's some fortunate people who may be able to trace because for some reason, um, whatever master that person worked for, they kept better records. But it's Mm. not like that everywhere. Mm. Um, You see like a ship's manifest with a number of males, females, things like that. But they didn't have names or identities or anything like that. So... As a result, we just have lost that connection with people in Africa. So I always wanted to know, always, because I'm like, everybody's from somewhere. And being in in America, everyone in the United States of America, except came from somewhere, (laughs) you know, everyone, every single person, their ancestors came from some place, you know, and I always envied people when they would tell me that they found out that they were Scottish and they would go to Scotland. They found a village where Mm. some of their ancestors came to the U.S. or Germany or, you know, things like that, because I'm a huge history buff. I was always into history as well. And so I was like, I wish I could find out, you know, I may not be able to find the people, but I might be able to find the people group, you know. So that's where I started my um journey. And then I said, you know what? 23andMe had a sale and I ordered that DNA test. And that one did a lot better, I have to say, because they did something called the Africa Project where they hired a doctor, a historian and a geneticist Mm. along. And they did some comparisons with um, genealogy and history and the DNA. So they were able to come up with a better picture. And then they started gathering more samples in West Africa. Right. So that's where most of the Africans came from, West Africa. Um, Not all, but for the most part, most of them came from West Africa. So but how do you know there so that Africa's huge? It's 54 countries and there are so many different people groups. How do you even narrow it down? It's like almost impossible because no one remembers, (laughs) you know. Yeah. So I started there and. From that point, I started looking into, um, I said, you know what, I'm a travel. I decided I'm going to be a travel agent, so guess where I'm going to go? I'm going to go to Africa. (laughs) But where do I go? Where do I begin? And um, it was 2019, uh, the year of return. That was when the president of Ghana, uh, they had this huge event. They had a lot of celebrities went there, um, and they had this huge ceremony and they invited African-Americans and other people of the diaspora. That's what we call the African diaspora mm-hmm. to come and visit. And even though we don't know specifically where we came from, we could learn from what from their history because they have preserved the what they call monuments or the slave castles. 
they preserve those as mon- those are like tours that you can go on and you actually get to go into um, the castles and tour them and see where they actually kept the people before- while they were waiting to be shipped. And you could almost, and, and I haven't been there yet. I do intend to go. Um, hopefully I get to go in, um, even though my, my tour is next year, I hope to go with a travel partner uh, this fall. Okay. But um, you can actually feel what they felt. So people have had these overwhelming, they could feel the presence of people or the spirits of people or just the feeling of what went on there. But just that, to make that reconnection to the, the continent so now have people that you can actually identify with because we really don't know who they are and we've just you know believe that you know they forgot about us and we forgot about them and we're so different and you know it's just a cathartic type of thing to go and discover your roots yeah and um yeah it, it just is you know and go somewhere where you feel like you belong or where you came from um, and you can see where your characteristics that you might have now like I like seafood um, hey you know people <laughs> that came on my mom's side they lived on the coast you know they lived on the coast and and my family loves rice and rice's um, Actually, rice was the reason why they brought them here because they knew how to cultivate it. So they brought them here to grow rice in the South, in the Carolinas here, South Carolina in particular. So that's why they were brought here to grow rice. Um, Why we eat rice all of the time? Because um, it's just, that was a part of, that was a staple. That was the food that they ate in, you know, in various parts of um, West Africa. There's so many different people groups but um, mm. I, I'm, I'm just so excited because I get to go and see for myself. I get to go to the continent, a place where I've always wondered about. Now, may I, may I just uh, interject one second? So you started with the 23andMe, but then you ended up taking additional tests. Yeah. I, yeah, I took, then there's another test called African Ancestry. That's the one that can actually predict or not predict but actually it, it it's a niched dna test just for african-americans so they can and it looks for the tribes they've been around okay. for 20 years they have a huge database of african people and they can actually trace you to a particular tribe but okay. um what I, what I what i can say about 23 and me even though they didn't predict my tribe i found an actual relative by dna i was related to in nigeria oh. so yeah, so I actually, this person took a DNA test, we took DNA, so we're cousins. So I do know that some of my people are from Nigeria. Now, she can't tell me anything more, you know. Have you been and, in contact with her? Yes, I do contact her. Um, I talked to her about a month ago, um, and I told her I was coming at some point, and, you know, she was happy I know when they had their elections, I'm like, hey, congratulations on your elections, things like that. And then she'll email me as well. But, um, yeah, we keep in contact. That's really neat. It is really cool. So do you see value in people taking um, the the second test that you took? Or you think that the 23andMe was better? It's no. um, 
it's they're all different. They all focus on it. the ancestry.com one that is mostly focused on genetics, you know, um, mm-hmm. mostly for black people anyway, genetics of who you're related to here, you know. And then when you go to 23andMe, it's good. It has a huge sampling of African people, and they're doing a lot better. Um, but African ancestry actually looks, takes your DNA, and they match it to their database of people groups in Africa. So they actually match it down to the tribe. So I took, that was the last one that I took. And I got to say, that one was the most expensive one. So that was another reason why I didn't do it right away. So um, (laughs) Hmm. I was actually able to trace my mother's line. So you have to take with this test, it's either the Matriclan test for your mom's side or the Patriclan test for the father's side. It's a different type of test. And um, only the males can take the Patriclan test because males have X and Y chromosomes, right? Women have just the two X's. So in order to get your full tribe, you would have to have like your brother or your father take the Patriclan test in order to get both sides with that particular test. But on my mom's side, I'm related to the Temne tribe and the Pele tribe in Liberia and Sierra Leone. And that saying that those two, it's like one or the other that tells me that they're related. So um, their their DNA is similar. So if you go back in history, I would like to even go farther back than that. So the belief is that those people came from Mali um, when one of the empires crumbled and they moved to the coast and then they split off and became these different groups. So um, that's interesting that I can even go back that far. That's to me, that's a, that, that is huge to me that I can you know, trace my, I can say I probably came from this um, Sundiata. He was an emperor in Mali from the Mali kingdom. I'm like, that's awesome. That's that awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this wow. Is awesome. This is so awesome. So then how do we get to this Ghana heritage tour? How did that come about? So, yeah. I went down a rabbit hole or two. (laughs) Let's come back. Um, When I did 23andMe and I learned more and I I found a relative in Nigeria and then it also showed me some groups. It showed me that I'm part Nigerian, like 22% Nigerian, 22% Ghanaian, Liberian, and Sierra Leonean. So they grouped those people together in one lump. So that tells me that they have similar DNA, you know, Mm -hmm. they weren't able to break it down any farther than that. So because of uh, the year of return in Ghana is making it easy for us to come. That's why Mm -hmm. I plan that trip. I said, you know what, if I have to go to Africa, I'm going to go low hanging fruit, low hanging fruit, go to Ghana, (laughs) you know? It's true though. I have, um, well, from being in, um, from living in London, or sorry, not London, Oxford, they're very different. <laughs> um, a lot, we happen to go to church with a lot of African 
people, and they would have to accept what they could were would do in order to get permanent residence or be able to get into certain countries was establish a pattern of travel. So they would go to you know one Western culture country in order to be able to get a visa, you know, to another one, basically showing a pattern of return and everything. So I think it's a really good idea because some of those other countries, yeah, they're not as easy to right. get into. But right. if you can start that pattern, that might be helpful. Yeah, and it might not be such a shock to the system because it is totally different. The culture is totally different. And because um, some of the other countries, because my heritage on my mom's side goes to Sierra Leone and, and Liberia, um, it might be a shock because um, just of some of the economic conditions in those countries are not at the same level as Ghana or, you know, definitely not the U.S., but, you know, they're all different countries. Africa is Mm -hmm. a huge continent, so there are 54 countries. Some countries do fairly well, like Kenya, Ghana, South Africa, you know, have um, growing economies. Actually, Ghana was like the second uh, largest GDP um, on the know. continent, yeah, in 2019. So um, mm. they're, they're, you know, they've got a great economy. And Tanzania is another country, while some of the other countries may not be as far along, economically speaking. So going to visit some of these, you know, some places bef- for the first time, I would just, for myself, I would recommend going someplace like Ghana, um, at least for me and people like me, you know, other people that I may want to take mm-hmm. along with. Because I actually want to, you know, they have a lot of tourism and, you know, they're they're very inviting. They're very friendly. Um, so they're, and they're making it easy. So I'm like, I'm going to Ghana yeah. first. And then I'll branch out to Nigeria, Sierra Leone, you know, maybe Senegal. Um, Senegal is actually a good place to go as well. Um, I'll branch out from there, but I'm going to start with Ghana. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. <laughs> so, unfortunately, this trip had to be rescheduled because of the virus that will not be named. But um, you know, in the in the choosing and selection, and now established itinerary that is this heritage discovery tour. Uh, what are you most excited about on this itinerary? I'm most excited about going to the country of Ghana, and uh, it's going to be, we're going to multiple destinations, so we're not going to just be in Accra, the main city. So we're going to different regions just to learn about the people and the culture and the land. I mean, it's just like, we know nothing about it, so it's so much to take in what and questions that I've always had and even when I meet people from other countries I'm always wondering what what's the you know in your country what what are they I, that's how I associated what is that country known for planting I always think about what crop they grow you know or are they uh, merchants are they farmers you know do they eat they a lot of seafood yeah, there you go. You know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what did you find out about Ghana? What are they known for? Oh, wow. They are known for cocoa. Cool. They actually export the, the excuse me, they export 
they're the second largest exporter of cocoa in the world. Wow. So all of the chocolate that goes to Switzerland and elsewhere comes from Ghana and I think it's Cote d'Ivoire. I believe it's Cote d'Ivoire. That's right next door. Uh, don't quote me on that one, but Ghana is second. Then they're also known for coffee and cocoa butter. No, yep, cocoa butter and shea butter. Yep. And gold. How about that? How about that? Gold. It was actually called the Gold Coast when they were um, yeah. an English colony. Um, let's see what else. They've been known for. There's oil there. They have. They really have a lot of resources there. <laughs> I was going to say, this country sounds like it's doing all right. That's good. Yeah, they actually are. So um, the first president, Kwame Nkrumah, came to the U.S. and met President Kennedy and there's a dam that they have there in the Volta region, and the U.S. helped them build that dam. And they've been allies to, of the U.S. ever since. They've been friends ever since. So mm. the current president, like I said, he's really big on tourism. So tourism is really huge there. And so they're promoting, um, they're promoting, come back, come back, come to visit, you know, you know, learn your history through us. Yeah. You know? That's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. They're actually planning on building a Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that it's such a, a like a parody now, and also people are like, you know, Wakanda's not real, and there are people are like, maybe not to you, but to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of like that Lord would of the be Rings cool. Real, but I, yeah, Lord of the Rings is not real, but I still want to go to um, New Zealand to visit Hobbit Town. <laughs> I saw I saw all of Tolkien's original drawings in the um, West. What do they call that? I don't know. It's one of the libraries. It's the Western the Western building. This is part of the Bodleian Library. So yeah, I mean, it was it was very real to Tolkien. Anyway, that's cool. That's exciting. I'll tell you one other little thing about me. I actually read those books years ago when yeah. I was young. I, people, they stick with people. They really do. Yeah, I mean, man, fiction and travel. Some people get upset when people seek out their like fictional destinations through going to a real, you know, real destination. But I kind of feel like whatever gets people out and exploring, yeah, is is worth it. So if it's Wakanda in Ghana, cool. Like, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> So then, do you have any advice for people who may want to plan their own heritage tour? Yeah, I would advise them to take a DNA test. Now, whether that be African Ancestry or 23andMe, if you really want to drill down and find a tribe, that would be African Ancestry. But remember, they're just drilling down to one ancestor. I to me, I found a lot of value out of 23andMe, not to mention because I actually found a cousin. But 23andMe is constantly improving and they're constantly adding more people to the database. And what I like about them is they have all of this historical context that you can read about the different peoples. You know, you can mm. read about um, their migration patterns and you can get this history, which is missing. So that's what I like about 23andMe. 
But mm. yes, you can do African ancestry and find, you know, your exact tribe. But to me, wanting to travel, I want to know more. I want to know who else am I related to. So now I have several places I want to visit because I can look on that map, that DNA map, and say, okay, even though I know that you trace, you found one relative, one tribe, one of my ancestors came from this group of people, that's like 20 generations. There are a lot more <laughs> who came yes. from other places, which it's obvious because when I, with the other tests, it's showing me regions. So, you know, over those generations, people have come from all over. So I would really like to travel the continent and just learn about it and visit different cities, different cultures, um, just mm. to learn about it and just to see because it's so vast. So I saw in your itinerary, um, speaking of all the regions that your family may be from, um, I saw on your itinerary that there is a move to Ghana portion, like a presentation. Yeah. Is that is that on your radar at all? Or how did that come to be a part of the tour? Is it just part of the package or you opted to have it? How did that come about? Well, in my search... And actually, the trip was planned just for me. But then as I started talking about it, people were like, well, I want to go, too. I always wanted to go to Africa. And, you know, people want to go in groups so they feel safe. Yeah. And um, they were like, yeah, let's let's go. And uh, this is how I found out about um, Ghana inviting people through other people who wanted to come. And they're like, mm. yeah, um, there are people who actually want to move there. And I'm like, where have I been? I had no idea. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Yeah. The amount of information that's available and that we have, and that's easily available, but that we still have no idea is out there. It was never on my radar. So I, it never occurred to me until I started talking to people and other people were like, yeah, we want to go, but we want to find out about moving there. And I'm just getting all these inquiries. I want to find out about investing. And I'm like, what? So it prompted me to do my research. And I'm like, you mean God is doing all of this? <laughs> so wow. um, that is a part of um, not this tour. It's, I will have a briefing on um, before we leave on how to invest or how to move to Ghana. And then for those who are interested in that, that's a totally different type of tour. Yeah. So I have travel partners and they do those types of tours for people who are really interested. But before you even go that down that route, you should visit more than one country, my advice would be to visit before you say, I'm just going to go and move to Ghana, go visit some other places and see for yourself and then say, okay, I want to see what it would take for me to move there. I mean, is part of their slogan, move to Ghana slash Wakanda? <laughs> you I might have some takers. <laughs> I'm like surprised. I'm like, what? Wow. People are like, yeah, we're interested. My whole family wants to go. And I'm like, what do you mean? Where have I been? I had no idea. This is, you mean this is a thing? <laughs> do you think that it's like, and a, 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 you know, this is a hard question that you can pass on, but do you think that it's like they want to move to Ghana potentially because it's exciting? Or do you think it's because they've been treated poorly in this country? Well, yeah, to both. Um, yeah. Mostly the second. 
um, for the most part. Mm. So I have to say that, you know, horrible. Yeah. But before that, there was just no options, but now it's like, you mean we can go to Africa? It was like a mystery, you know, it's like, you would never believe that there was anything in Africa for you. You, you just don't know. And you just never heard anything positive or anything you've heard and seen or negative, you know, growing up, you know, the only things you see are the starving children with flies all over them. And that's exactly what I thought when you said the negative things. <laughs> so if that's the only yeah. thing you see, you're like, I don't, I'm afraid to even learn, you know? And um, now that, you know, with the internet, you can find out anything you want YouTube. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You, you can see, um, well, you know, maybe it, my belief system is not accurate. Maybe I need to challenge that belief system and find out for myself. So it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. So what are the dates on this trip? Okay. It is in May. Um, I'll have to pull it up to see the exact dates again. If I change it. <laughs> I, <can't laughs> I don't even know off the top of my Let- head. <laughs> I used to, to know when it was in November. <laughs> I knew it off the back of my hand. Hold on, let's get to let's scroll get down. To, hold on, I gotta that tell it that I want to go to my. I want to go to. Hold on, I gotta tell it that I want to go to a different app now. Oh, everything's so fancy these days. Hold on one second, Scylla. Travel. There we go. And let me just get back here, and we're gonna tell it that I want to go to Safari. Okay. Now it's going to run in Safari. Okay, now let me... Where do I find it on here? Okay, it's at the bottom. But Are we um, scrolling together? Can you yeah. see it? Here we go. Let's scroll. Okay, here we go. Here we go. May 2022. Yeah. Do we have more exact dates down here somewhere? Let's see. Like I said, I changed the dates. Here we go. May 2022. Let me click. We're on here. We're scrolling together, folks. It's a group scroll. I know. I clicked on it. Yeah, I don't have the exact date yet. It's really too soon. It's so far away. That's right. It's so far away. Yeah. Um, I was looking at Saturday, May 28th through June the 5th, but I still have to confirm that. Um. Because a lot of places closed again. So you know what happened. We had oh, yeah. these surges. So places closed again. Even Ghana had surges. Um, even though they've done quite well with their COVID response. They really have. Mm. Um, there have been surges and things here in the U.S. And, you know, they're trying to, they're, they're doing vaccinations. So they're, they're ahead. They're, they've, they're, they've been vaccinating their citizens. So I believe they were the first African country to get vaccines from that um, coalition through World Health Organization. And they've already been distributing, you know, vaccinating their citizens. That's awesome. Yeah. So they're like, no, we're going to get people vaccinated so we can open up there. I tell you, tourism is huge for Ghana. So um, our friends in Kenya and South Africa are having, they're they're like, we're we're not going to get vaccinated until 2023. They're like, it's going to take forever. I know. And um, Nairobi just shut down a few days ago. They went on lockdown because they had a huge surge. Mm-hmm. So in um, South Africa, poor South Africa, um, 
I know. That's all I have to say is poor South Africa. <laughs> yeah, let's not disparage them. We'll just wish them, send our thoughts yeah. and prayers and that, you know, and that we will be producing hopefully a surplus to it and maybe we can shift some of our efforts. That would be great. Yeah. 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 Hopefully we'll be able to, they'll be open. They'll be able to open again. They're being optimistic saying they're going to open in again this summer, but I don't know what's going on with their vaccine operation. So, you know, there's just so many dependencies. So mm. tricky world we live in right now. Tricky, tricky. So I talked to a lot of travel professionals on here and a lot of them will use the podcast as a research tool, but then we also get, you know, just travelers that are interested in traveling. But for the travel professionals that are listening, you've really found your niche here. And I think there's a two, two camps. You either create the niche that you want to work in or you, you stumble into it or, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Like providentially fall into it. Yeah. What do you think about that? For me, I had to find it. It was really difficult for me because I did not like doing the run of the mill general travel. I got to the point where I just did not like it. And I was known for like doing like carnival cruises. It didn't excite me. It excited the clients, but it didn't excite me and I'm like, oh my God, this is not what I thought I would be doing. This is not it <laughs> to me in my heart. And I'm like, you know, wanting them to branch out, but they're they were diehard cruisers, you know. And um when the coronavirus hit, I'm like, this is it. Rebrand yourself, find yeah. out what you really want to do and do it. Awesome. I think that's good advice. I'm I'm excited for you and for just I of all you know because I talk to a lot of travel professionals. I like to source travel professionals as my guest, as like the voice of authority. Mm-hmm. And I find that people are really ratcheting down and finding their you know if we if we want to say niche, we like to say that a lot in yeah. among travel professionals. And I think it's exciting to really have people that are pinpoint focused. And because I think that's maybe a stigma that travel professionals have against them that they just book carnival cruises or something like that. Yeah. But I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for specialists and for you to be successful. And yeah, that's, that's just exciting for me. I'm glad you found, glad you, well, I'm glad you created it. Yeah, I did. because I couldn't quite, I didn't, I didn't, I felt like I didn't quite fit. Like I would try to figure out what I wanted to do. You could either be supplier focused, but I like lots of suppliers. Depends on what kind of trip I want to book, you know, right. or what we've got going on. Or you want to do your ideal client, the old ICA. Oh, my God. The Avatar. <laughs> and, you know, these are the buzzwords. And I'm telling you, I spun my wheels in the sand for about a year. I could not figure it out. I'm like, it's just not clicking, you know, then you want to do groups because that's the thing. You either do groups, become a host agent, or you do luxury FIT travel. Well, I'm, I'm like in between there. What is what I do? Or what is it that I would like to do called? Or what would that be? So what are you calling it? 
I just call it culture travel to make it easier for the um, <laughs> the, the, the customer because they don't know what experiential travel means or immersion travel. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what I do culture trips or culture tours. I might say cultural immersion so they'll get a clue, but, you know, just, you know, to bring it down to the... <laughs> I think it's great. I think you're going to be successful. And I look forward to hearing that your trip is sold out and that you've got another three on the books to Sierra Leone and the other regions that you want to explore. I think it's amazing. So then um, before we close out, I, I think that we've covered a lot of really great points on this journey that, you know, to get you to 2022. But I want to not, I mean, I, I don't want to close it out before giving you like some free space to just say anything that we might've forgotten. So this is your time. Is there anything else you would like to include? Okay. um, Let's see. Yeah. um, I would just like to say that I think that travel is going to be different going forward. Um, I for one have gotten my vaccine. So um, (laughs) I'm ready to get out there. Not me. (laughs) I saw your post. I'm it's sorry. Okay. It's hard to find one. But, It'll um, happen. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like I've been cooped up and there are a lot of people who have been cooped up and travel is like an expression of your dreams. You know, it's going to be different. It's going to be, you know, different than, okay, I just want to go to the beach for a couple of days and do nothing. I want to go and explore and experience where I am and learn about the people, the culture. I want to learn about as much as I possibly can and experience things that are different than what I'm used to um, in the U.S. or wherever you live. You want to, it's like, it can be life-changing. So I think people are going to want more of that, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I think you bring up a really good point that travel is going to look different. And I think people have realized I need to go now. I need to do it now because what if, what right. if, you know, someone has an injury and they can't go? What if there's another global pandemic? Yeah. And um, I think that's a really good point. And I hope that people are appropriately planning ahead because yeah. it's going to take more planning than it did because there's going to be more stipulations. And I, I really do think that, and I don't say this just because you're on the podcast, I think people should work with a travel professional in some capacity because they're in the mix all the time and the regulations are changing all the time. And even if you want to book it yourself, there are travel professionals that will consult with you for a small consulting fee and you'll at least get their advice. So, yeah, yeah I, I Travel is going to be different. Yeah. So there's just so many things you have to contend with. Um, I'm booking a client to Belize. It's just so interesting to me. And um, just all of the things. And I'm like, hold on. She's like, can we just do it? I'm like, no. <laughs> I said, you can't just go online and book something from a travel website. So um, people have done that and gotten where they were going and the place wasn't open or, you know, I'm like, you have to have COVID testing. You need to make sure where you're going has COVID testing to come back home now. And yeah, there's just so many things, elements that you have to check and you have to constantly check and double check because it could, ch- it could change overnight. 
So, and what happens if you test positive yeah. before you get on that plane? Yep, you have to be prepared. That's where travel insurance comes in. And also, uh, depending on where you're going, some of the resorts will comp you or, you know, let you stay there. But it still depends on where you're going. Like in yeah. Mexico, some of the larger resorts, not all of them, but... It's important that you have travel insurance in case something like that happens and travel medical insurance to cover you in case something like that happens. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if you got to listen to the last series that I did on the all-inclusive resorts that travel professionals were loving. And I, and I didn't read their answers ahead of time and I didn't find out the information ahead of time because, you know, as you have now experienced, I like to have the authentic reaction. So I didn't let you talk a lot before we started recording. And the thing that all these nine properties had in common was that those properties, some in Mexico, some in Jamaica, and some in Dominican Republic, the thing that all nine of them had in common was that they did exit testing rapid on-site. And if a client tested positive, they were fed and housed on property. Right. And then in some of the forums that I've been reading is that some properties that I thought would be doing the same thing are not. Like big, some of the bigger properties are not doing it. And then you get whisked away to like some holding hotel where you now have to source your own food and you're not guaranteed like a balcony or any sort of outdoor fresh air. Like it's crazy. So yeah. Anyway, folks, we don't need to go down that tangent because this episode is on Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> but, but work, work with a travel professional. If you want to save your, you know, if you want to save yourself some headache and some heartache and some funds on the backside of your trip, geez. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's that. I would have to recommend that as well because there are just too many variables, and I'm mm. just like, I'm like, no, no. I have to check. I have to make sure that there's a real person there, um, and I have to make sure. Even though you do your, you know, you may have work with a supplier who recommends them. There's still no guarantees until you actually. I have to talk to a person. <laughs> hmm. What are you doing? You you have a new website. You're doing on-site COVID testing. So, yeah. does that mean that the you're going to have the doctor come there, or are you going to have to make them go into town? You know, you just never know. These things change, and mm-hmm. it could change from one day to the next. They might have a doctor maybe one day a week, and then you come there, and you're not on that day, and you have to go into the village to a yeah. medical facility in some places. You might have some culture shock when you go to the medical facility and it's not at the same standard that you used to in the United States. Not saying that it's like that in all cases, but you just you just don't know. Mm. You know? Well, now that you're showing us your fancy skills, how can people contact you if they want to reach out and work with you? Okay, so they can contact me by email, agent at scyllatravel.com. Or they can go to my website and click on the um, above the fold in the banner. You can get a discovery call. The discovery call is complimentary. It's courtesy. There's no charge for that. Get on my calendar and we can talk about what you have in mind for your travel. I get to to know you. And if um, after our discussion, you decide that you want to hire me, then 
we go into business with each other, meaning sign a travel services agreement. And yes, I do charge uh, planning fees because as um, we just sort of described, travel is not like it used to. There are just so many variables and so many checks that you have to check to make sure that um, once you, especially if you're leaving the country, once you leave the country, you want to, I, I want to make sure that my clients are safe, they're comfortable, uh, they're prepared just in case something is amiss or there's some change, and they're able to get back home um, safely and know what to do in case something happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to justify charging a fee. Your time, time is money, and you're yes. investing time. And the people that want to work with you, you know, they know they're getting essentially a travel mom that while they're traveling, somebody's watching those alerts come across their screen and knows that they have a client traveling. So don't justify it. It's justified. So there you go. (laughs) Well, I'm so thankful that you came on this podcast. Um, Your story is incredible. And I hope that beyond this podcast, which is you know, a pitiful little thing compared to the magnitude of your story. I hope you write it down somewhere and really share it out there. It's incredible. So anyway, I hope that you do that. Anyway, just a little plug for me. Getting remembering your story now. And I lost my tissue. (laughs) Uh, Okay, no, I found it. Okay, sorry. But I thank you for being on the podcast and for sharing your story. I really appreciate your time. And I hope that we find something to... um, to collaborate again on in the future. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, it would be. Thank you so much for having me. I was just so surprised. I was like, wow, she wants me on her podcast. I'm so honored. It's exciting. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you thought it was exciting. I mean, sometimes people are like, I don't get it. What's a podcast? But yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you drive you. It was really wonderful. So, um, well then I'm just going to sign off now. If you have nothing else you want to say, I think we're done. Yep. I'm done. Um, okay. Yeah, I just say one more thing. Remember, live the dream. Live the dream. Keep travel dreaming. Yeah. It got real quiet now in people's ears that are just listening. It's going to be funny. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to Travel Radio Podcast. Until next time, this is Megan Chapa saying thanks for listening. Have a wonderful night. Bye. You too. Bye bye. Bye. You, my friend, have made a great choice by selecting this podcast, and there are other great choices like the Hey Travelpreneur podcast waiting for you at travelmarketmedia.com.